Welcome to episode 10 in season 2 of the Outside and Active podcast. This episode, Ashley Cox talks to Emma Kirk Odenubi and Claire Rafferty from Bulletproof Athletic about, well, running. Stretching, strength, and conditioning, well-being, and even how to select your next running shoe. Ashley talks to Emma and Claire about investing in yourself for running. Whether it's a coach, one-to-one plans, or simply making the time to train. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Sports Tours International provide the opportunity to participate in the world's biggest marathons, take on the most challenging sportives, and watch some of the toughest bike races on the planet. As international travel partner of the six world marathon majors, including TCS New York Marathon, Tokyo Marathon, Austin Marathon, BMW Berlin Marathon, TCS London Marathon, and Bank of America Chicago Marathon, as well as the VIP tour operator of the three Grand Tours and five Monuments of Cycling, they get people of all ages and from all walks of life to the starting line or in prime spectator view. Find the next event to inspire your running at sportstoursinternational.co.uk. It's not just mass participation you could choose either. They also have an exclusive partnership with the world's number one training resort, Club La Santa in Lanzarote, to accommodate anybody looking for training or active holiday at this incredible sports leisure resort. Try your hand at over 500 different activities and enjoy recovery in the sunshine and an array of wellness facilities for all ages, abilities, whether solo, groups, couples, and families. To find out more, head over to clublasanta.co.uk. Well, thank you so much for joining us and sharing a little bit of your time at the National Running Show. Welcome to Outside and Active. Um, do you want to just give a bit of an intro to yourselves, who you are and what you do? So my name's Emma Kirk Ozanubi, and I am a strength and conditioning coach, run coach, gait analyst, foot, everything you name it is it's a little bit about me, basically. Um, yeah, anything footwear, running, injury related is me. And I'm Claire Rafferty. So I am predominantly from more of a wellness coaching background. So I generally coach busy people on how to actually get active within that busy lifestyle and teach them how to, you know, modify programs and get the most of the bigger picture to really benefit them. Um, And I'm very new to running. So I've only been running, as most people like to say, a lockdown runner. So I was very much a lockdown runner who was running five and 10Ks, came out of lockdown, um, had a very big educational journey within that with injuries and like a lot of people trying to learn a sport. Um, And now, yeah, run half marathons and seem to be pretty good at it. So maybe I should have been a runner all along. (laughs) Amazing. And do you want to tell us a little bit about... the venture you guys have got together and what you're trying to achieve? Yeah, so Bulletproof Athletic, the the key focus around it is trying to empower people with my knowledge, Claire's knowledge and putting it together to help them to not only achieve their running goals, but also to allow them to run for longer in distance, but also like life to run for as long as possible because we run ultimately because we enjoy it and we want people to be able to take on a plan and and take something on that is going to allow them to be able to do that yeah and I guess as a strength and conditioning coach I would imagine a lot of the times that people arrive at your door it's because they haven't done it and they haven't done as they've been told and they've hurt themselves or have a niggling injury so as people come to you and say, okay, I've hurt myself with this, where do you start? Is, is there sort of a point zero where you start with strength and conditioning or is it really individual for everyone that you meet? 
Yeah, so I think with that, it's we like to do an overall analysis. So it depends on whether someone comes to us as a one-to-one or, you know, they maybe interact with us actually through Emma doing a foot consult with them. So obviously she does the online consults, which is where we do get a lot of our running business, so to speak, because people sign up because they think they need a better shoe because they've heard whatever information out there that they're not running in the right shoe or they should have a gait analysis. And they do that and they meet us and then we're like, actually, you know, you need to be doing this foot strength or that foot strength. And it's very much a personable approach to what is specifically going on with that person and, you know, what is their goal. And then we very much just strip it back to basics from there. So taking it from day one to day 101 and building that plan as we go. Um, And yeah, just introducing strength in that capacity, starting from, I suppose, the area around the point of problem and then going into bigger and more challenging moves from there. Okay. And as as a point zero, if a runner was thinking, we all know, I mean, runners love to run. So they want to run. They don't want to give up two sessions a week to do strength training or three sessions a week to do strength training. What are the three things that you would prescribe if you say, okay, if you're only going to do this, these three things are an absolute must? I think first off, foot strength. That's the massive one for me. Doing things that, you know, are going to mobilize your feet more, that are going to strengthen them. And ultimately, the, the thing that I use and say a lot is that when we run, our first point of contact with the ground is our feet. So if we're not looking after what's going to make the first point of contact, if you think a bit further up the chain, is there point in doing the strength to the knees and hips if the feet aren't even looked at or considered? So for me, foot strength, 100% is a, is a key factor. Um, and then it honestly moves up the chain calves, knees, hips, all those kind of key focus areas. For me, it's foot and calf is that big fat tick to always make sure you've got that in there. Um, and then classically runners will hear it a lot, but it is the glutes and the core is that next step. Cause that is what's then going to, when you run, hold you and stabilize you and allow you to, you know, maintain good posture and help everything else move correctly. If your core and your glutes are holding you more stable. And where, what role does stretching play um in in the bigger picture so if you're looking to have a really healthy running life should runners be doing you know quick stretches they warm up quick stretches they cool down and that's kind of the stretching bit done or should it play a bigger role in the plan i think it depends again this is an annoying answer but it depends if you're a very flexible person anyway so sometimes i see a lot of people that are very hypermobile and i will actually give them the directive to do not stretch only strengthen um but that is a very small minority. That doesn't mean I'm telling you to not stretch. Um, but yeah, having that stretching and building in, if you know where your areas of issue are, or all of us know kind of where is going to flare up. So I know for myself, for me, it is my calves that is going to be the area that flares up. So I will always set time to stretch my calves, to warm them up and make sure they're feeling good before I head out. And then same as I come back. If I've not got time, that's the quick area that I'm going to definitely make sure that I pay attention to. So I definitely say, um, make it personable to you. If you know a certain area that's always going to get a bit niggly or a bit uncomfortable, make that your focus. If you're going to do any of it whatsoever, like make that the kind of non-negotiable element of your warm up, cool down, stretching. Okay. And obviously mental health plays a massive role and how we talk to ourselves when we're running and when we're moving. From a wellness point of view, how important is that voice in your head when you're out running? If you're chasing down those goals, you want to get your first mile under your belt or you want to get from 5k to 10k. 
how big a role do you think you've got? You know, you've got your strength and conditioning down, but actually telling yourself you're going to be able to do it and that other side of the story, how important is that? Yeah, I think so. That's where I suppose I I love working with people in that background because it's been such a huge impact on me personally. So the for me, obviously getting into running, it was my mental escape during lockdown. I lived by myself and um, it was a really challenging time. And the conversation I was I sucked. I absolutely sucked at running. I struggled to run 5k when I first started. And it is that conversation that we have within ourselves. of me. The conversation would start the second I put my shoes on. And I think it's important that you get into that frame of mind as early as you can when you're going out on a run. And it's that acceptance, which is my favorite word, that it's that acceptance that is going to be hard. And that acceptance that you know, today might be the day that you get your slowest run ever, or today might be the day that you only do half the distance you want to do. But it's just having that confidence and that want within yourself and that mental capacity to just put one foot in front of the other and and start that journey. And the big conversation around, you know, mental health and running is, I think it's so important that if you you are struggling with running, definitely listen to something while you are running and even just have, I think like a motivational podcast or something in your ear or upbeat music or whatever it is can often, when the run gets hard, stop you from being like, I can't do this. I can't push any further to just have that little voice in your head. That's literally upbeat. It might be on a completely different topic, but it's just something that keeps you thinking I'm here. I'm present. I can keep moving. Um, and just not being hard on yourself. If you do have a, a bad run or a bad day, or you have to stop like the amount of people we work with that are like yeah but I can't run 5k and you're like but can you cover the distance it doesn't matter if you you don't run it you can walk a minute jog a minute run a minute do it whatever way you want um and just constantly keep having that mental praise within yourself of I'm out here doing this and that's good enough um so would that be your first picture. your first port of call your first suggestion to people who want to improve in that area would be to get something motivational in your yeah, ears while get you're running motivational in your ears and go for it 100 percent. and i guess that's where the benefits i mean having personalized plans and run coaches is becoming even more popular i know 10 years ago having a run coach was seen as something that the athletes did but actually Perhaps it is because of lockdown and more people have come to the sport. Are you finding that more people are actually giving themselves permission to say, actually, I'm going to take this seriously and I'm going to get someone to personally help me? I know what you were saying earlier really resonated with me. I'm very weak in my feet and I get injured in my feet. So you could prescribe a plan for runners, but it wouldn't necessarily be right for the individual. Are you seeing that more with people? Yeah, definitely. And people taking the time to be to realise that it's okay to invest in themselves. I think that's where, you know, taking ownership of the fact you you love running and you want to keep doing it and you do it because it makes you happy. So ultimately, when you're investing in a plan or you're investing on working with a coach one-to-one or just on any plan, you're going to be investing in yourself. So that understanding and a lot of the conversations we have with the clients and the runners we work with is that they make the time and that, you know, if a plan doesn't work, we tweak the plan. And that's the thing, the coach is there for you to make it as easy as possible for you to succeed. So having that one-to-one element 
is really great. But also, even if it's not the direct one to one, still having someone to be able to check in and be like, oh, well done. You nailed those intervals this week or, oh, wait, did you struggle a bit there? How about we pull back and try that again? So you've even just got someone there in your corner giving you little comments, bits of feedback. Even if it's not that direct one to one, you still have someone kind of checking in on you and making sure, yeah, you're, you're doing really well. And how important is it? I know we, quite often I'll download a running plan and I'll think, OK, I'm going to do it. And then I see the word tempo or hill repeats or sprints yeah. and I think, OK, I don't want to do it. I just want to go for a run. Um, how important is it to have that variety in your training plan? You know, is going out three times a week and running your 5K enough or is it actually better to really vary the kind of running you're doing? Definitely variation. Um, I say it. I said it quite a lot over this weekend is that that variation, be it in, you know, when we're in our comfortable space of saying running that consistent 5k that we go out at the same pace every time, there's nothing wrong in that. Absolutely nothing wrong in that. If that's how you enjoy running, awesome, stick with that. But if your goal is to, you know, progress and want to get faster or run further, then having that variation with those interval sessions, with those tempo sessions, those hills, making your body uncomfortable is where the change is going to happen. So a little bit of discomfort to allow progression is always the way to think about it. And yeah, that moment of, oh, that feels horrendous means that, you know, three, four, five weeks down the line, your easy comfortable will increase. And that speed that you thought used to be, oh, I'm always going to be running at that pace will become so much more easier and you'll be able to run faster. And so that will be that kind of reaping the rewards from playing around with variation. So again, dependent on the goal and what you want to go towards, having that variation is definitely key. Brilliant. Thank you. That's really helpful. And Claire, you mentioned that you're a, a lockdown runner, and I think a lot of people will relate to that. There has been certainly a huge surge in the, the number of people registering their first runs on Strava. Where are you at with your running journey? What, what's coming up for you? Yeah, so it's it's still a bit of a battle. I, I will not lie. It's still a bit of a battle. Um, I obviously ran my first half marathon with Royal Parks Half. That was, it was pain from start to finish it really was we got to the last 800 meters and I was like I'm done like I'm, I can see the finish line like I'm stopped running I'm walking from here and then like checking in on what I said before put a good song on and literally sprinted the last 800 meters so I think right now it's just about getting that kind of feeling and want back we've got 10k coming up for the um cancer research which I'm obviously really excited for that I'm hoping for a bit of a 10k pb there so training pretty hard for that just now and then yeah I think half marathons again we've been checking out some of the events and races that are coming up here looking at how we could maybe get our and our community involved um don't think I'm going to stretch to a marathon just yet I think that's Emma's goal is to get me to do some marathons oh, yes. but let me get comfortable with the half first little little more and then we'll go from there what about you Emma what's next for you um yeah so we're jumping on the the winter run 10k that's kind of my my focus I've done it a couple of years I think pretty much every year it's run actually I've done it um and I just love the course. I love the environment. I love the cause. So yeah, for me, that's going to be me trying to aim personally sub 50 is where I want to try and get with it. If it happens, amazing. If it doesn't, I'm still going to have a good run and enjoy it. Um, and then I myself actually have a, it's still slightly running related, but I have a, um, charity challenge that I'm taking on in May, very close to my heart, um, raising money for brain cancer awareness. And, um, I'm going to be doing 24 hours of cardio. So it's going to involve um, running on an assault running treadmill and then also rowing 
and ski erg and a bike machine. So rotating between all four of those pieces of equipment over 24 hours. And I feel like we've had this conversation before. You've done these crazy challenges before. Is there one I remember with burpees? Correct. Yeah, I did uh, 24 hours of burpees. Uh, that was now, now in six years ago, but yeah, five years ago I did that. Um, so yeah, I thought it was about time to dust off the 24 hour ropes and, uh, jump back in at something else. And has your foot recovered in those five years? It has. It has. Don't lie, it has. (laughs) Yeah, no, it has. And I think, you know, that's where I literally use my body as a puppet, I guess, in a lot of stuff that I do. And a lot of the stuff that we do and when we're running is like, okay, I'm telling people to do this can I do this? Oh yeah. Okay. That makes a difference to me. Makes sense. Now I can tell people. And I think that's how, even if I think back to when my journey first started in running, I use myself as a trial to be like, Oh, okay. You're the guinea pig. Let's try that. Did that work? No, it didn't. Did this work? Yes, it did. And yeah, utilizing all of that. So a little bit lucky that we can uh, play around and use ourselves and then obviously then give it to the people and go like, this works. I'd be remiss not to ask the question that I think everyone always asks you is, what kind of trainers should I wear? <laughs> so where do people start when they're trying to get the right trainers? Obviously, a lot of people, like we said, will have come to running recently and perhaps think, oh, well, I'm just going to get a cheap pair just till I'm into it. And, um, and perhaps on the other side of the spectrum, people who've been running for a lot of years and are still wearing the trusty trainers that serve them perfectly at the beginning. And I've, I've heard you speak before about how every time you buy a new pair of trainers, you should be having your gait analysis done. Do you want to just talk a little bit about that journey and how it's, it's not something you do once and I guess move on? Yeah, definitely. So Gait analysis, if you think about it, literally is literally analysing how your feet are moving. And ultimately, when we're running, we're putting three, four times our body weight through our feet with every step. So if, as I mentioned before, your foot is the first point of contact with the ground, if the shoe that is housing that foot is not the right shape or the right size or the right, you know, shape around the foot and the right support level, as we always talk about a little bit, then that's where niggles and problems are going to come from. So even if you are just doing a couch to 5k, just starting, getting yourself in a right pair of shoes is going to just help to accelerate you on your running journey. Because the last thing you want is to be like, I feel like I can do this physically. My body feels good, but your feet are letting you down. And that's where say going to either independent stores where they can have a look and see what your feet are doing, going to any store where they have a treadmill, getting you on there, looking at you run, your feet, your knees, your hips, seeing how they all coordinate and work together. And then being able to say, right, based on that, plus your foot shape, these trainers are going to work best for you. Um, A classic thing that I hear whenever people are asking me about shoes is, oh, my friend told me this brand and this shoe is great to get. I always come back with the caveat, if your friend has a pair of glasses where they get prescription for, you're not going to just take their prescription glasses, are you? You might go for a similar brand, but you need to have your eyes test done to make sure it works for you. And the same applies to shoes. Yes, you can look at the similar brand, but I wouldn't put all your money in and go, yep, I'm definitely going to get that pair of shoes because my mate's got that pair of shoes. Trust that your body is worth you checking and seeing what's going on. So for example, in lockdown, I, because people didn't have the access, I then took that service online. So whether people have treadmills at home or I had people, you know, getting partners to film them running down the street, I would then be able to analyze their videos and then do some, uh, 
assessments basically via the wonderful medium that we've all got to know, Zoom. And from that, be able to interact, understand running goals, movement, injuries, and then be able to give shoe advice there, thereafter. So my key thing there is there's wherever you can, there are options. There's online options. There's in-store options. There's brands. If you want to stay specifically with a brand, there are brands that offer the gate analysis. So don't think that you have to be a serious runner to get your gait analysis. Um, and then the last thing I chuck in there, if you go, well, I know that shoe works for me and I've had it and it, I'm just going to buy the new one. It's the only for me downfall for brands, sorry guys, is that they will make changes to footwear without telling people that there's been change. They might say, oh, the cushioning's better. I'm like, okay, but how? Is it softer? Is it firmer? Is it in the right place? Is it moved? Where has it changed? But what they'll say to you is, oh, the cushioning's improved and they'll just put a new number on the shoe and be like, it's the number 25 this year and it's the same. It's not the same. And then I see a lot of people that will just buy that next shoe and then get injured and get problems. So always get that gait analysis, get in touch with the brand or the people in the independent store and just say, hey, has there been a change from last year? If they say no, cool. Yeah, of course you can buy that same shoe again if it worked. But if it has, get yourself on the treadmill, save yourself that time and that injury or niggle down the line and yeah, invest in time in your feet. That's so helpful. Thank you both um, for sharing your knowledge and your wisdom and your goals for the year. So we look forward to checking in with you maybe in a couple of months time and seeing if you've smashed your PBs and actually achieved what you set out to achieve. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Outside and Active podcast. If you've been enjoying what you've been listening to, please don't forget to subscribe via your favorite podcast player or head over to outsideandactive.com forward slash podcast to sign up for our regular newsletter packed with top tips, how-tos, and other inspiring guests. You'll also get 10% off the Outside and Active shop when you sign up today. Until next time, enjoy the outside.